Hello and welcome to Sully Baseball, the podcast where there is no offseason and we do a podcast 52 weeks out of the year, whether there's games going on or not. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording today's episode on the 12th day of May, 2017, in the luxurious Sully Baseball Studios in Pasadena, California, overlooking the historic Rose Bowl. Happy birthday to Sully. Yes. I don't know what rhymes with Sully. Gully. <laughs> well, it's, as my wife, that's the Mrs. Sully, would uh, is as she's walking around the Sully Baseball Studio here, has pointing out that this is my today's not my birthday, but this is the birthday edition of the podcast. I am uh, I am going to be turning one year older than I was last year, and I'm going to be one year younger than I will be the year after that. You know what's funny is that when we got married, you were much younger than me. Yes, but, but now. Now I'm older. Now I'm older. I like how that worked. Yep. So let's just go over one thing right now. We have, uh, my birthday is going to be May 14. uh, And a famous uh, baseball player who was also born on May 14th, who I met at an event for Hall of Fame players, was Hall of Famer Tony Perez. Tony Perez was born on May 14th. I've, I've gone over some of the players who were born on my birthday in previous podcasts, but, you know, let's go over to you. Who are, who are some of the great ones who have been born on my birthday? Roy Halladay. Roy Halladay's probably, is he a Hall of Famer? Maybe. Maybe got my vote. El Presidente, Dennis Martinez. No, El Presidente Dennis Martinez. I had a chance to see his perfect game in 1991. Instead, I went to the wrong game. Uh, Tony Perez, as I mentioned before. Uh, the late, great Dick Hauser, who managed the Royals to the World Championship. Um, who else? Uh, uh, Joey Cora. Dave LaRoche. Yeah, there's, but there's a few of them out there who have shared. Uh, World Series MVP, Pat Borders. Hall of Fame mustache, but not not in the Hall of Fame for his pitching, but he should be in the Hall of Fame for his amazing mustache in Dick Tidrow. So on the 14th, wish all of us a happy birthday. Early Combs, Hall of Famer. Ed Walsh, Hall of Famer. Three Hall of Famers share my birthday. Will I someday be in the Hall of Fame? If there is a podcaster's wing to the Hall of Fame, I think I am... You're a shoo-in. Well, I'm a shoo-in. I'm a shoo-in. That's right. So I'm wishing me a happy birthday here. Uh, now, my wife occasionally has appeared on the daily podcast. Uh, she did not seem to be aware, as I started recording this one, <laughs> that this is no longer a daily podcast. It's now a weekly podcast. And she said, wait, you only do 52? Wait, like, yeah. Remember that whole I did it every day? And every day I was doing a podcast. Well, you talk all the time. I do talk all the time. I just assumed that you were still doing it. But that doesn't mean I was talking into a microphone. Sometimes sometimes I talk in my sleep and everything, and those aren't podcasts either. Either way, um, I'm asking my wife, who is cleaning up the Sully Baseball studio and packing, and probably will pretty soon bust out a leaf blower or something like that. (laughs) 
because there isn't enough background noise in today's podcast. I'm going to ask you to please, bride, okay. bride, please sit down next to your groom, okay. and I'm going to talk to you about a controversy. Why, are you Why am I? I'm, I'm projecting. I'm performing. Okay. By the way, um, this is. Do, do I say who you are? Can I promote? Can I promote the other podcast? Oh sure. Real Crime Profile. You listen to Real Crime Profile, where I actually appeared on mm-hmm. a few a uh, few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and uh, my bride is the 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 host, one of the stars of Real Crime Profile. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You what? You not? Uh, what are you? What are you? A boom operator? I don't know what I am. I'm some kind of operator. But yes, are I you do a boom a, operator? I do a podcast called Real Crime Profile with FBI profiler Jim Clementi and New Scotland Yard super agent. I don't know what her title is. Yeah, uh, super Laura agent. Richards, and yes. we do a podcast about true crime. That's right. So there you go. See, I, I was I plugged the other podcast here. So as always, whenever I talk baseball, my wife is has her nose in a book and she's trying to take care of something else, but I will drag her kicking and screaming into this conversation. Okay. Uh, a, there has been suggestions from some writers, including the great Joel Sherman and uh, ESPN's Boog Shambi, have brought up the notion that maybe... During the regular season, not during the playoffs, not during the World Series, that games last no longer than 12 innings. <laughs> that 12 innings, at 12, you could have a tie and end the game. Who, who, I wasn't listening. Who recommended that? Joel Sherman. <laughs> And Boog Jambi. I knew I liked those guys. Yes. Those guys are the smartest, smartest guys. Smartest? What? Did you, <laughs> my wife uh, didn't realize this. You're from Lowell, Massachusetts. They're the smartest guys in baseball. No, because just a minute ago you said off. Did you notice that? No, I don't notice that. Yeah, I don't you listen. Did. You said like off. me, I, like you, I don't listen to me. <laughs> and like me, I don't listen to you. But the idea, now this of course came to a head, uh, not. Uh, I guess it was last Sunday, the Yankees and the Cubs played the Sunday night game. The final game on Sunday is played on ESPN uh, at 5 o'clock our time, 8 o'clock East Coast time, okay? Mm-hmm. And the Cubs had the lead in the ninth. The closer blew it. Oh, no, the Yankees had the lead in the ninth. The Yankees' closer blew it. Mm-hmm. So it went to the 10th. And it went to the 11th. Mm-hmm. And, of course, SportsCenter is waiting for the – they can't start SportsCenter until the game's over. Right. So it went to the 10th. It went to the 11th. Well, it, went to it went to the, the 12th. 12th. Okay. Then it went to the 13th. Oh, then it went to the 14th. <laughs> then it went to the 15th. Oh, my God. Then it went to the 16th. No. Then it went to the 17th. No. And then it went to the 18th. No. And the, both teams ran out of players. They had to use players out of position – and finally, like they had, like, we don't have any more hitters. Well, you're a pitcher. I can't hit. We need <laughs> someone to stand there with a piece of wood and wave at the ball. That's so stupid. And, you're not even really playing baseball anymore. You're just kind of waving and, wood around. Yes, uh, waving wood around. The final score was five to four in 18 oh, innings. That's so lame. That's stupid. So Sorry. there are some purists. Are like, nope, you'll play the game, that's part of it. And it's it's so seldom 
This happens so seldom. No, it happens all the time. You Does it happen? Seldom. You've told me several times that it's happened. Yes, but that's like one or two times a year. Each team plays 162 games, and maybe, maybe one or two of them will go longer than 12 innings. It's a very rare thing. And so there's, I guess some people are saying, hey, there's 162 of these mofos, okay? Mm-hmm. And by the end, we're using pitchers, you know, to hit. Sometimes they use, like, outfielders to pitch. Yeah, I mean, it's silly. And... Why don't we just say, okay, there can be a tie and move on because we got to play tomorrow. Can there normally be a tie? No. You play until you win. Really? Yeah. And there was, I mean, there's a couple of times you've had like a game go 15, 16 innings and that's game one of a doubleheader. <laughs> or in the case of this, the Yankees had to fly so after who, the game. Who made this rule that it, it has to just go on and on forever? Well, that's, that's, you, that's how you win the game. Yeah, but what if that was, like, in football? I mean, they just... They do have ties in football. Right, but what if... I mean, the thing is, like, why do baseball players have all the time in the world? I mean, they they can just go on and on and on. Well, the rest of us have to have, like, an end. Like, in hockey, do you just play until... Well, in hockey, you used to have ties, and now they have shootouts at the end. Mm -hmm. Basketball, you could have five or six... You you have overtimes till you win. It's just, it's very rare. Like, there, yes, there have been instances, like, uh, there was... I feel a, like every season you're like, oh, you would have hated this game. It went 150 Yeah, games. but that's because you don't like baseball. <laughs> I actually love the idea of, of the team going like, okay, we, who do we have to pitch now? Yeah, but then you're not really playing. That's the thing. What? Then you're just sort of cheating. What do you mean you're cheating? Both. It's not like the other team. They're both of the same thing. Why are you walking away from the podcast? Come back to the podcast. Things to do. We all have things to do. But this this podcast can't end until it ends. This podcast can't be. This is going to be. We're going over. We no, are going over in this not. podcast. Yes, we, we are. To do, but listen no, no, to me. no. Listen to me. If you really love the game, then you want to see the actual players playing the game. Not just like, what if you just had to watch a football game forever and pretty soon you got, you know, the cheerleader has to come in. And you have my money. You have my money. You're not even having the real players play. I mean, this is silly. Silly, silly, silly. 12 is enough. Eight is enough. Eight is more than enough. Eight is enough maybe to fill our lives with love. How about that for an up-to-date reference? You, my wife was, see, I've never had, you know, you don't have this problem on Real Crime Profile of a guest in the middle of an interview getting up and walking away from the podcast. I, but it's, it's been recorded. Just keep talking. I am. It's all I do. Like I'm here. Just keep talking. It's all I do is I talk. So. I like it's. It doesn't happen often enough for I think it to be an epidemic. I think if you were seeing like okay, every week they're having a 19 inning game, we got to do something about this. But it seems like it's an overreaction. It's like let's let's make this be, you know, let's change the rules for something that happens so seldom. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, then what difference does it make? I mean, didn't go ahead and change the rule. Because, because I, I, you know, I'm afraid there may be a point where you're almost playing for the tie. 
There have been, there have been, uh, let me give, there, there, what, I always want my players trying to win. I want them not trying to die. Why would they, what are you talking about? I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> Do you set up football or are they trying to tie? Well, I think there have been times where players like, look, let's not go all out. Let's just, you know, especially if you're the. Maybe that's smart. Maybe that's a good strategy. Especially if you have to play the same dumb team the next day. Yeah, usually you, <laughs> there well, you go. that's by the way, if there's anything that I, how long have I we've been together for a while, for too long according to you. And the thing that you year in and year out, you could never comprehend the concept because you say it as if it's a new thing every year. Or you say who are they playing? They're playing the oh, the Red Sox are playing the Yankees. I thought they played them yesterday. Yes, they play three like the same people day after day it's like all right what do you talk about after a while it's Wait, like you talk about the next game no but like hey how are you are you supposed to go to a different game different city every day can you imagine the travel then you land in there we got three or but maybe you have like a little regional like you you play this region okay all right now hold on this is from from, from 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 this acorn shall a great tree grow all right how would that work in terms of regions? Like you would say, let's let's create a re- let's create a California region. Okay? okay, we have who are the California teams? I don't know. Name them. The Oscars. The Oscars. <laughs> the Emmys. No, no, the real teams that play in California. Okay, the Angels. The Angels. The Dodgers. The Dodgers. The the ones in San Diego. Yeah, the, the Chargers. I don't no, know. not the Chargers. There, the it's something Colonel Potter would yell and mash when he wanted to get Father Mulcahy. Radar? No, when he wanted to get Father Mulcahy, <laughs> he wouldn't say Padre. Oh. <laughs> Radar! I just said Father Mulcahy. <laughs> You're talking so loud, I can't hear you. <laughs> I'm talking so loud, you can't hear me. Me. Okay, okay. Okay. All right. Fine. Okay, okay. So how many of those? Three. Three. There's okay, two more. Then they go to Seattle. No, no. Then... There's two more. Um. Well, I don't What's know. my dad's favorite team? Oakland. Yeah, the Oakland. What? <laughs> A's. Yes. Okay. And then the Giants. There, yeah. look, you have five, five people. You have five teams. You could go in the same. And then you day. go, and then six. You throw in the Seattle Mariners. Exactly. There. There's so, a region right there. Yeah. Golden okay. West region. Golden okay. West. The Golden West region. Okay. Okay. And they play each other. Yeah. Okay, and then there's each different day. There, are, well, here, here's the thing: there, there, there's six in that. Yeah. There are thirty teams all together. Yeah. So you can have five regions. Sure. And they all play each other. Sure. So you can have New York, New York, Philadelphia, Boston, mm-hmm. Baltimore. Okay. There's, there's, there's your. That's what do you call that? You're 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 revolutionizing the game. Oh, like with the name. Yeah, what would that what would that region oh, be? Uh, you already came up with Golden West. That was that was awesome. Um, uh, the nor'easters. The nor'easter. <laughs> Boom. The nor'easter. The nor'easters. I'm in. I can't do much more than that. But anyway, you get. But the you get you got your Great Lakes: the Toronto, yeah. Detroit, yes, 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 Cleveland, Chicago, Chicago. It works. It then works. you have you have the beers because you have three teams that have stadiums named after beer: right. St. Louis. 
has Bush Stadium. Denver has Coors, Coors Field. Yeah. Milwaukee has Miller Park. Uh huh. Park. The, you also have the Orange Juice region. You have two teams have mm-hmm. Orange Juice. Tropicana Field is where the right the the, the, not the Tampa Bay plays, and then Houston. Right. And then you know, then you can have we call the Flyover region that has Kansas City you and see? all. See, so then it'd be much easier. See, I, I've solved it. I've cracked so, it. So I, they, I play their, they play their they play their region. The Commissaress of baseball. Hear that, Paul Giamatti? You know what? That's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> you see? That's actually there. There could be, there could be wisdom in that. Because, well, think about this for a second. Think about this. No, but I mean, they can't hear you. They can't hear you because you've walked to Portland. You're in Portland, Oregon, right now. Come back to Pasadena. Cogitate it. Cogitate it. I'm cogit. What cogitate? <laughs> Masticated and cogitated while I'm doing my thing. The law firm of Masticate and Cogitate. <laughs> if you have, like, these regions, or it'd probably be best if it was in, in four, but, like, if, if you added two other teams and you had, uh, you know, 32 is div- divisible by four, so you have, like, four, eight region teams and that they can all match up at all times, and then you create a playoff system where the winner of each region is involved in the playoffs, and then they play and they play, and then you have the World Series. There you go. And then you occasionally play like outside, but that that's that's kind of like how college football works. Okay. You know, you have your SEC or the South, Southeastern okay. Conference. You have the Pac-10. So that way, you play. You don't have to play all the same people in the same series. You can play somebody different. Yeah. There we go. You see, you think that I'm not, you know. But here, <laughs> but here's the thing. All right. When you have the Golden West play the Nor'easters and everything yeah. like that, do the games. When do the games end? Are you in your league? In your in in your league, can they go on forever? Fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why would you do that? The whole point is to make it all more convenient. This reminds me of a time Richie Duncan and I. He was asking me about if we if you were to start a rival baseball league to the major leagues. And I said, it won't work. And he said, why? He said, and I said, because you won't have enough venues from the play-in. There aren't like baseball stadiums just sitting there unused. And you won't get the, the advertising revenue. And he said, well, besides advertising revenue and stadium, <laughs> could you do it? I said, yeah, besides the two most of where to play and how to pay for it. Yeah, sure. Okay. But I think that, I think that. If there was another catastrophic labor dispute and they had to blow up baseball, mm-hmm. that maybe... Why does it have to come to that? I mean, don't won't they see the reason? No. Because we're stuck in our ways. We play 18-inning games. <laughs> we sp- that is why... We, play, we spell socks S-O-X. We go. do lots of dumb things. There you go, maestro. There you go. There you have it. All right, well... Happy birthday! All right, happy birthday to me. Um, hey, uh, before we do the this week's edition of the team that should have won, uh, let's just review for a second. By the way, um, I'm still doing Who Owns Baseball on MLB Reports, and this is a it's a strange year that's going on. Because first of all, like you know, Ryan is Ryan Zimmerman the MVP of the National League? Is his teammate? I mean, it's a, we're, we're off to a very weird start in baseball as we're now in mid-May. Now, 
for those of you who have been following this podcast, and I know I have, you know that I break the season up into thirds. That the first time you really, oh, I don't know, have a, a checkpoint is right around Memorial Day. Usually the end of May, we've reached the one-third mark of the season, and you have a pretty good idea of, you know, are you going to contend? Are you close enough to contend that you can make the make moves to improve your team? And I made the point last week that there were a couple of teams that have had success recently. You know, the world champion of 2015, two playoff teams from last year, the world champion of 2014, the Giants, the Blue Jays, and the Royals were off to such terrible starts that the idea of maybe we should sell, it's going to be a buyer's market and getting ahead of the curve may not be so dumb. And as it turned out, the Giants uh, won a game against the Mets. That was a pretty good game. Uh, but the Giants still have the worst record in the National League right now. And the, the only thing really giving them hope is that the team leading the National League West right now is Colorado, who probably won't be able to sustain this wonderful start. But, you know, you can't start the season 12 and 24 like the Giants and lose your closer and lose Madison Bumgarner. It's just, it's not good. It doesn't look good for the Giants. And I really, really think that they have to look long and hard. They have basically two weeks. If they go on a hot streak in the next two weeks, yeah, maybe. I give them a shot. But if they don't, put for sale signs on some of your players. Get by, And shut Bob Gardner down until he's still totally healthy. The other team I brought up the other week were the Mets. Now, the Mets are only one game under 500. The Nationals are off to a, they're five and a half games ahead of the Mets right now. I, I, man, there are two predictions I made at the beginning of this year that are blowing up in my face with the Astros and the Nats. But, you know, here's the thing about the Mets. I don't dislike the Mets. I don't. I have a lot of friends who are Met fans. Uh, I have no bitterness about 86. I've seen my team win three World Series since then. There are a bunch of players on the Mets who, are, who I really like a lot. Some of my favorite players are on the Mets. I mean, Cespedes, is, if he's not my favorite player, he's certainly one of them. You take a look at the current injuries on the Mets. Cabrera's hurt. Conforto is, has hamstring issues. Cespedes is on the disabled list. Familia is probably out for the year. Duda's hurt. Darno is hurt. Matz is hurt. Uh, Seth Lugo's hurt. Uh, you know, David Wright is probably his career is probably over. Syndergaard's, you know, career, you know, not career, but his season's probably over. Uh, and of course, you have Matt Harvey on the uh, suspended. And you know the team's a mess. You know something bad is going on with the Mets right now. When Jose Reyes, who remember last year was suspended for domestic violence, okay? This guy's a real asshole. And he's the one 
talking to the press about Matt Harvey saying, oh man, he's got to start following the rules and start doing things better. When the person who is, the, the person of integrity is a guy, the only reason he's on the team is because the Rockies dumped him post his uh, domestic violence suspension. The team's a mess. And you have Matt Harvey, who, by the way, uh, he has not been an elite pitcher for a little bit now. And it's not like he's starting this season a house of fire. His, his ERA is 5.14, okay? His entire reputation is based on the fact that he had a dynamic half season in 2013. He, he had a good season in 2015. And last year he stunk and was hurt. This year he stinks, has been getting drunk. And you actually had to hear... Reporters say his suspension had nothing to do with the dildo he put in a Drupal Cabrera's locker. Championship teams don't have reporters clarifying the relevance of a dildo in a suspension. And now we're sitting here, age 28, um, and we're basically talking about a year and a half of Matt Harvey's career uh, could it be that he's not that great? He was a high draft pick, gave him a couple good years, got hurt, now he's fading. You know, but when pitchers tend to fade in their late 20s, early 30s, they don't come roaring back much. Ask Tim Lincecum. Ask Johan Santana. Those two guys were the best pitchers in baseball. They have multiple Cy Youngs on their mantle. Matt Harvey is a year and a half. And what I'm just saying it's 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 frustrating if you're someone who would like to see the Mets do well, and I would. Um, talk about a positive year and a half. It might just be time to say, do you know what? Maybe we need a new direction for this team. I've not been a Terry Collins fan. I never understood how he remained the manager of the Mets all these years. But when he got him to the World Series, he kind of had to say, all right, you've earned another shot. You earned another year. Got him back to the playoffs last year, and you got to give him credit. Because the team last year was held together with yarn and rubber bands. But if we're off to a start like this, and there's such disarray, maybe, I don't know, just maybe, Find somebody else who will have the respect of the players, but say, yep, we're going in a different direction. Why not a Sandy Alomar Jr.? I'll throw that name out there. Big, long career. One-time Mets. Was he a coach there? I know he played for the Mets for about an hour and a half. Who should be a manager. Why not pick the, uh, the, the Giants coaching staff? Why isn't Hensley Mullins a manager? How many world championship teams does he have to be a coach on before some say, hey, why doesn't he run the ship? Or Jose Okendo? Why not just say, well, we're going a different direction. Terry, give him a promotion. Say, you're now going to be the vice president of Franks and Beans or Beans and Franks. The Mets have to do this now because we're approaching that point of the season where then it'll become too late. So, I, you know what? There are ways to do it. There, there are wrong ways to do it. 
There are blunt ways to do it, but in some ways, they just have to do it. Terry Collins, you're, well, here you go. You're the Special Assistant Vice President to Sandy Alderson. Welcome aboard, Sandy Alomar Jr. Welcome aboard some other manager who I think should be from an outside source to sort of say, we're going a different direction with our manager right now. The team needs a different direction because they'll fall out of this. They'll fall out of it fast. They have a losing record right now. I know it's early, but you know what? If they don't take care of it now, Washington's on a roll. St. Louis is better than we thought they were. And the likes of Colorado and Arizona, if they hang around, because you know the Cubs aren't going to be a 500 team. You know they're going to shoot up the ladder. So that means that they're probably going to win the division. And the likes of St. Louis and maybe one of these surprise Colorado or Arizona teams may hang around long enough. Mets have to do something, have to do something now. Write it down this date. I'm saying it. Now, of course, the last segment of the podcast is the team that should have won. And as I'm going through the franchises, I was looking through, okay, what are the ones I haven't done yet? Yeah, I'm still relatively early in the season, and I've done some already. I've done the Yankees, done the Red Sox. You know, I've done the, the Mets, I've done the Phillies, done the Braves, done you know, some other ones I've done. The Reds I did the other week. I've done the Giants. I've done the Angels. And I stopped and thought, what would be the hardest one to do? And the two teams I thought would be the hardest to do would be the two teams that showed up in 1993, the Marlins and the Rockies. And the reason why they're hard to do is because they, are, they remain the only two franchises that currently exist that have never won a division title and have gone long, long stretches of not just being bad, but being totally irrelevant. And I, I think the harder one to pick, and the one I'm going to tackle right now, is Miami. Now, the team that should have won, are that is the season that if that particular team had won the championship, the combination of players, the combination of people on the team, that if they had won with that group would have been the perfect year, like the 78 Red Sox, like the 93 Braves, like the 2001 Yankees, where you saw that combination of the storyline, the characters, the events, everything that happened would have been the perfect story, the perfect ending. Would have been the perfect ending to Moneyball with Brad Pitt if the A's had won that year. Would have been the perfect year in 2006 with the Twins, with that combination of Santana and Hunter and Maurer and Morno and Nathan and Gardner as the manager. But what year would they say for the Marlins? And the Marlins are so bizarre because they've never won a division title. And they've, I mean, how many times have they even had a winning record? They've been around... Since 1993, they've had one, two, three, four, five, six winning records. Six. And none since 2009. Twice they won more than 90 games. They won 91 games in 2003. They won 92 games in 1997. Most years, a big chunk of the years, they've not been like 100 lost teams. They've just been, eh, 
How are the Mar- how are the Marlins this year? Eh. They've had two hundred lost seasons, one in twenty thirteen, and one in nineteen ninety eight, the year after. You know what happened. They never have their players long enough for you to associate them with their team. And most years, they're non-competitive. And in fact, they've never finished in first. And only three times in their history have they finished in second. 2009 was the last. And yet, what else do we know about the Marlins? They have as many World Series titles as the Mets. They have as many World Series titles as the Phillies. They have as many World Series titles as the Kansas City Royals and the Cleveland Indians. That they've won two titles, 1997 and 2003. If they manage to win a championship this decade, then guess what? They're in that rare company of teams that have won in three straight decades. And yet they're a team with no history, a team with no passion in their fans. I'm sorry, I know there are some very good Marlin fans, and I know of it, but only once have they cracked $3 billion in attendance, and that was their first year. They didn't do that the two years they won the World Series. They have two titles, and no other year were they ever really in contention. And so I ask, what year got away from this team? What year do you say, oh, man, it all was clicking then? Yeah, I mean, they had two straight, they had back-to-back years where they had above 500 records. They won 84, 87 games in 08 and 09. But, you know, they haven't had a winning record this decade. They didn't have one before they won the World Series. They didn't have one in between their two World Series years. So what year got away from the Marlins? And I thought to myself, could this be a team that I said, no, no year got away from this team. I actually thought about doing that, but I also thought that would be cheating. I thought that'd be cheating. There's no way. I can't do that. That that would be lame. So what got away? I'll tell you the first year that came to your pal Sully's mind, and that's 2012. Now, it's a really, really hard argument to make that a year with a team lost 93 games, finished in last place, 29 games out of first, got away. Got away from what? From the worst record in baseball? I mean, that's a grotesque season. But that was the year that supposedly all Marlins history was building towards. They finally got a new stadium. They finally moved out of the football stadium. They finally got stars to sign with them. This was going to be different. Now they could afford them. Miami's going to be a baseball town. People were paying attention. They got they got Stanton. They got let, let, who did they bring? They had Jose Reyes brought onto that team. They had Hanley Ramirez on the team. They signed Mike Mark Burley. They had Giancarlo Stanton. They had a they had. Uh, Omar Infante, they had a team that was going to be really, really good in their starting rotation. I said they got Burley, they got Nolasco, they got uh, Heath Bell they signed to be the closer. All was going to be beautiful. It was going to be beauteous. And what happened? It was an abject disaster. It was one of the biggest disasters in the history of baseball. The stadium was a flop. 
The stadium was a disaster. They couldn't fill the joint. The team fell apart early. Ozzie Guillen lost his damn mind. And a team with all this expectation that I picked to win the World Series fell apart. They didn't contend. If they did, if they contended that year, if they won that year, if they won it all like I predicted they would that year, would Miami be different? Would Miami be a baseball city? Would the culture of Miami be, in terms of baseball, be different instead of being this way station waiting desperately for anybody else to own the team? As what's his doodle there, Loria keeps firing managers since he arrived there. Boom goes Torborg, boom goes McKeon, boom goes Girardi, boom goes Gonzalez and Rodriguez and McKeon again and Ozzie Guillen and Redmond and Jennings and Mattingly and now they, yeah, Mattingly's still there now. But no, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Obviously, I couldn't do 1998, the year after the Marlins won the World Series. If they had kept that team together, could they have won another wild card? Could they have gone back? Could they have earned the, the trust of their fans? I don't know. Maybe. But it's kind of irrelevant because they got rid of everyone. They lost 108 games the year after they won the World Series. So uh, I guess not. So I was really at a loss. I thought of 06 because the team had stripped bare to the point where Joe Girardi won the manager of the year despite them having a losing record. But I'll tell you the year I'm picking. And the year I'm picking is this. 2008. In 2008, the Marlins had absolutely tore their payroll down to nothing. They had one star in Hanley Ramirez. They had a couple other players who had good years, and the likes of Ugla and the likes of Cantu were there, and they had a pitching staff with the likes of Andrew Miller, who stunk before they realized he was a reliever, and Kevin Gregg, who stunk, who was a closer. And their payroll was nothing. In fact, I'm going to go to BaseballReference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth, and look this up. The Florida Marlins payroll in 1998 was, drum roll, please, this was, um, actually, I can't find it here. Where was the payroll here? Jeffrey Loria owned it. Freddie Gonzalez was the manager. It was so low, it's not listed. All right. Well, the, the point was they had the lowest payroll in all of baseball. Yes, they had the lowest payroll in the, in the major leagues. And they finished with an 84-77 and 77 record. And, of course, they fired the manager the next year. Here's why I say that's the year that got away. Did they really contend that year? Eh, maybe, maybe not. They certainly were in contention for the wild card for a little bit. And did they ever get close to catching the Mets or the Phillies? Well, not really. I mean, they were in first place in the end of May, and they were hanging around. You know, they were hanging around. They went on a wild winning streak in September. They won one, two, Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And they were on a 10-game winning streak in the middle of September that catapulted them back into the wild card chase. 
And then they, they slunk off because they didn't have the payroll. But imagine if they did. Imagine if I just rattle off a, a bunch of no names. Some of you know have gone on to do well elsewhere. Imagine if the team with the lowest payroll won it all in 2008. What was the rallying cry in all of baseball then? Low market teams can't win. It's the Red Sox and Yankees every year. The Red Sox were the defending world champs. The Yankees would win the next year. It's all these Northeastern teams and low-budget teams don't have a chance. Look at the poor Marlins. They won the World Series in 2003 and they tore down. Now they have the lowest payroll in baseball. If that team had won, if that team had won the World Series, it would have been a middle finger to all logic and all senses. And of course, that was the year where Tampa Bay wound up going to the World Series. So you would have had the chance of Tampa Bay versus Florida for the World Series. And a grand total of five people would have watched the World Series that year. So there you have it. That was a tough one. That one I had to put my back into. But if the 2008 Marlins had won the World Series... Well, it would have changed the way many people would have even looked at the game of baseball. And that, in a weird way, is the team that got away. Well, I have to tell you something. While I was doing this podcast, my wife turned on the radio in the other room. And uh, I thought that was basically a not-so-subtle way of telling me it's time to wrap up the show. So, go to sullybaseball.com. If you want me to talk about your team and the team that got away, send it to me via Twitter, at Sully Baseball. You can send me an email at info at sullybaseball.com. You can follow me on Facebook, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, all that stuff. Well, folks, this has been the birthday edition of the Sully Baseball Podcast for dropping this on the 12th day of May, 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please, please. Call me Sullivan.